0: A Start On Demand. On, on demand.
1: Ackleen, McGarry and McNabb, or at least two-thirds of us, are here. But perhaps maybe we're farther apart than ever before, Greg. For the second day in a row, I have pants on, just so you know. Like proper, Congratulations. Like proper pants. I, I mean... I, I don't really know how much to share here but there's been a lot of pajama pants as you know over the past year and a half but i've got pants with buttons and boots on etc because of course i'm in studio but gary taking another day to rest up and greg you have finally made it to Steeltown.
2: i am here got here about uh, six o'clock uh, into hamilton local time last night finally a time zone chain that 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 works yeah, in my favor, right? Because when we did this broadcast from Calgary back in 2019, everything was an hour earlier, and oh man, when you know it's hard enough to to prepare and and get up and at it and rocking and rolling for six a.m. Never mind five a.m. when you're in Alberta. Well, it's already seven o six. I feel like my day should be half over by now, <laughs> here in Ontario. So yeah, it was uh, it was a longer day. I said on our. Call yesterday. It felt like a longer day than it ought to for what's essentially a two hour flight. But uh, of course, you have to be at the airport two hours early. I was just a little bit earlier than that. Unfortunately, you know, my uh, commitment to being to the airport early paid off because one of our colleagues, Skylar Peters, sort of came right at time. The appropriate time, but he got caught in an awfully long lineup getting through security. So I was happy with my decision, Loren. And then of course, um, we flew to Toronto and then had to take a car service into Hamilton. We got in and the sun was going down and uh, I've seen exactly uh, half a block of hamilton yeah. so far there's an audi dealership there okay. is we're in the marriott courtyard we're calling it the marriott graveyard because there's actually a there's actually a resting place for for the uh for the uh for the uh past <laughs> right across the parking lot from us so i feel like i should whisper for several reasons uh. the graveyard outside <laughs> my window and I'm in my hotel room. I don't know how tolerant my uh, neighbors are, but I haven't had any bangs on the <laughs> walls, the ceiling, or the floor so far.
1: Yeah, only it's 7 a.m., so it shouldn't be bugging too many people. I was going to ask if you got to take a walk about. I know you've been all over Canada, and, and I'm sure Hamilton has been on your list before, but I was going to say to you, I Googled seven fun things to do in Hamilton because, that, of course, you're on the escarpment there, and there's sort of that for Manitoba's at least a mountain type region and there's some yes. waterfalls you should hit up. I know you're there to talk football, but I'm thinking you and Bob Irving go for like a picnic waterfall moment together.
2: Well, I don't know if the weather's going to allow a picnic, Loren, but I'm all in for spending more time with Bob Irving. So if he wants to go check out some waterfalls, we can certainly do that. It's currently minus seven here in Hamilton. Some crazy weather, actually, in the offing. Minus three is the forecast high. There's a little bit of snow happening right now. Minus one tomorrow. Seven degrees on the plus side for Friday with a chance of showers. Then wind and rain on Saturday. And get this, Loren, 12 degrees. Degrees for a forecast high. And then for the big game, they're calling for four degrees and a mix of sun and cloud hmm. on Sunday. So uh not too bad at all,
1: but a little bit of a roller coaster ride here as well as back home. You talked about Bob and spending more time with Bob. Bob's gonna hopefully join us at eight o'clock. He's already got a busy day, as we know you do as well, Greg. The coaches will talk today. So there's a news conference with the coaches to share how they're feeling about the big game Sunday. Bob will join us at 807. And then in our next hour, right at 7, I'm so excited to introduce everyone to this couple that we met through our text line this week, texting to share that Saturday is their wedding, Sunday is their honeymoon trip to the Grey Cup. So they are going to have quite the weekend. They've got jerseys ready to go with the dates on there and bride and groom, and they've been longtime Bomber fans. And when they discovered that the Grey Cup happened to land on their wedding date that they had set months ago, they they doubled down and said, well, let's do this. Let's get up early Sunday morning and head off to Hamilton. So a Winnipeg wedding Saturday, Grey Cup trip Sunday, and we'll chat with them at seven. That's a pretty cool honeymoon.
2: I would say this is a match made in heaven. I know that the first time I sort of got the inkling, maybe that Jackie might be the one. We were in Chicago and we were at a Cubs game on, I believe it was a Wednesday night. And she knew that well, we'd gone to see the Expos play in their last series uh, as the Montreal Expos before they were moving to Washington. And we're at the game Wednesday night. And halfway through, she says, You know, if you want to come again tomorrow night
1: oh. to the game,
2: we could come tomorrow night too.
1: And the light was like, And I oh.
2: thought, mm, <laughs> mm. And we uh, caught the World Cup of Hockey in St. Paul on the way home as well. So, yeah, I would say,
1: Ken, Shannon.
2: Uh, this, this 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 is promising.
1: Hey, I have I often think that sporting events can be just such a great time for friendships and getting together, but it can be a good time for a couple too and trying something different. And I've been to a few Grey Cups that didn't involve the Blue Bombers, and and they were fun. Not as fun, of course, when your team is there. But the Grey Cup is a really good time. So I know Greg, you're going to be bringing us lots of sights mm. and sounds from there all week, and and. uh At 6.45, I mean, we've got like a whack of tickets to give away. We've got Andre Philippe Gagnon. We've got Monster Truck tickets, Alice Cooper. Just before we hit pause here, how are we going to offer up tickets to Alice Cooper?
2: So last year on this date, we were really in the midst of that second wave of the pandemic. And I think just about every conversation circled around, centered around COVID-19, well, today is for, the 41st anniversary of the murder of John Lennon. And it's a day that had a major impact on my life for a variety of reasons. I know it's had an impact on uh, many people's lives. Not only that day, but of course, the incredible music uh, John Lennon delivered to the world. Uh, we'll share our stories about the celebrity death that impacted you the most. I know it's a, maybe a little bit of a downer, but I have a sense that there are going to be some inspiring stories from not only our crew, but also our listeners on this one. So at 6.45, we're going to gather everyone together, share our stories, and then ask for yours. The best story will win two tickets to see Alice Cooper in Winnipeg. And Loren, before we uh, break here, I just want to let you know, I was out for dinner last night, uh, just a bite to eat uh, at a place called Shoeless Joe's. Mm-hmm. It's just across the street. Uh, maybe you're familiar mm-hmm. with it amazing sports bar my goodness gracious well of course we're not in the in the restaurant nah, maybe 7 8 minutes and somebody walks in with a CFL jacket all the logos yes. of all the teams so Gmax got to walk over introduce himself find out what's going on of course he's meeting a bunch of people this guy's from Prince George British Columbia his first gray cup was in 1984 he's meeting guys that he's met from right across the country for 17 straight Grey Cups. Mm. And that is really one of the big stories around this event. And I was thinking about you as well when I ordered my food. I asked for some French onion soup, which is absolutely my favorite thing to have before I have a meal. I ordered my French onion soup and the server said, I'm so sorry, we are all out of French
1: onion soup. And deep
2: fried pickles.
1: Oh, gosh. Those are two great salty delights right there. I know you're not disappointed about the pickles, but I like how he felt the need to add that on. Hey, you weren't even going to order, but he didn't want you to be disappointed twice. I love this time of year. I, I like all that it brings. But every year I do find there's a moment where I think, oh, man, I am tired. And there are Manitobans, Greg, who will admit this stretch of holidays is not for everyone.
2: Yeah, we don't need to tell you that in addition to the shopping, the meal planning, the cooking, maybe the travel, not to mention, you know, maybe dysfunctional relationships in your family, we're also dealing with the pandemic, which can lead to emotional and mental burnout. But how can it be avoided? Global's Dave Woodard, look, let me say this again, Loren, Global's Steve Woodard went looking for answers. Alliteration. It
3: starts out by having to get that extra present or having an extra friend over at dinner. And then Johnny's sent home for COVID protocol again. <sighs> it's burnout. And it's something we've seen a lot of the last 20 months, but it can be made even worse with the holiday stress. Feeling
4: like survival mode, and for some of us, it still feels that way.
3: Dr. Ramit Billen says it's something that can manifest itself into irritability, headaches, or even lack of concentration. So how do you get out of holiday burnout? Throw
4: the guilt and unreasonable pressure that we put on ourselves, especially during the holiday season, out the window. She
3: says keeping boundaries and saying no can really help. Dr. Billen says if you're not feeling it yet, but you might be on the cusp, set up a routine around the holidays and keep to it as much as you can. Dave Woodard, Global News.
1: I think it's so easy to say, cut yourself some slack or find some moment for yourself. It really is hard. You get wrapped up in all the little things and you're trying to make that day so special. And sometimes you realize you spend the whole, say, Christmas Day or the 25th just going, going, going and, you know, maybe pausing to reflect and enjoy. Doesn't always happen. And Greg, I thought it was really cool. I'm wondering from our listeners, is there anything from the pandemic? Holidays of last year that people are going to carry on because yeah. they found that they like that downtime, and I know you and your family are carrying on a pandemic tradition.
2: That's right. We last year we discovered a wonderful place that could make our Christmas dinner for us, and this year, last year it was in uh, separate containers for every for everyone. Because we're, fingers crossed, we're going to be getting together uh, in a small group this year. They're going to prepare it for a family style, but we had a little bit of a family meeting about it. We just like, you know, the time spent in the kitchen, the time preparing, the time stressing, the time shopping, the time this for that. We just thought, you know, yeah, it's, you know, quote unquote expensive, I guess, if, if you want to look at it that way, but there is a cost to the time, to the toll of, of being in the kitchen and, and not just relaxing and celebrating. So we're making that investment to uh, have, have our essentially have our Christmas dinner catered. And we loved it last year. And so I suspect this might actually turn into, like you said, Loren, a little bit of a tradition for us. And, you know, on the same vein, before we break here, we budget for gifts. That was a big part of conversation that we've had over the last couple of weeks in terms of preparing for the holiday season and making sure you have a budget so you don't go, you know, spend too much money, set yourself up for a bad January with your credit cards, maybe even set you up for a a, a terrible 2022 overall by overspending at the holiday season. What about budgeting your time, budgeting your commitments and saying no when you need to say no. Sometimes the best thing you can do for yourself is just say, you know what? I'm not available that night.
5: Life
1: together is so precious. Together we have grown. You're listening to Starting Over by John Lennon this morning on CJOB because this was the last single he ever released in his lifetime. And Greg, we're sharing this song for a reason.
2: Oh boy, I'm getting I'm getting emotional just hearing the first notes of that song. 41 years ago today, John Lennon was killed outside the Dakota in New York City. It was a tragedy felt around the world. John Lennon and the Beatles, of course, their music had such a gigantic impact on the planet. Not everyone, and of course we understand that. But my dad is right in that generation where really, you could argue, the Beatles changed his life. My dad's love of music stemmed from the Beatles. My dad joined a band like hundreds of, of Manitobans in the 60s and and just, you know, the Beatles and then subsequently the, the Canadian music that came out of Winnipeg was a big part of my life growing up. And I guess it would have been uh, probably halfway through 1980, my dad took my brother Kevin and I to see A Hard Day's Night, the Beatles film. That was at the Brandon University Film Festival. And we were just really starting to learn about the music that that influenced my dad in, in so many ways. And then this news, I was in bed, I'll never forget, listening to Monday Night Football on a North Dakota radio station when the news broke. And of course, I was a news reporter then as well, and I wanted to go downstairs and let my dad know what had happened. Well, he'd obviously heard, um, I don't know if he knows this, but... I saw him sitting on the couch, and he was he was weeping, and um, it was really the first time I remember ever seeing my dad cry. And I tiptoed back up the stairs. And the next morning, I remember my teacher, who lived at the end of my block, walked past the front window on his way to school, and he had his head down, and you could just feel the the heaviness how how that had taken its toll. So we want to talk about the celebrity deaths that had an impact on you. And I know it could be sad or morose, but I think there could be some inspiring stories coming out of this. So 780-6868, if you're willing and and kind enough to share with us, we'd like to share with you two tickets to see Alice Cooper.
1: Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Greg. Let's start with you, Jeff Braun. I know you have a lot of uh, feelings for different acts over the years. Is there someone that hit home when their death happened?
0: Yeah, and usually celebrity deaths don't really bother me at all and because well I mean often you sort of see it coming a mile away they've been sick or they're very old or that sort of thing or you know they lead a rock and roll lifestyle and you're just like well that's not surprising at all but every now and then there is one that's like wow I was not expecting that and for me it was um Adam Yauk who was went by the name MCA he was one of the Beastie Boys and he died Mm -hmm. in 2012 in May of that year and that came across the news wire while I was on the air mm-hmm. and that kind of threw me for a loop. Usually it, the, again, you know, breaking news doesn't rattle me so much, but that one really did. And my buddy, it was one of my buddies was listening at the time and he called in. He's like, you sound like you're about to start crying and during the news. And I was like, oops, but uh, that one, that one hit hold because he was only 47. He had had cancer and we'd been diagnosed a couple of years prior to that. And so in the back of my head, I, I knew that he was going through this, uh, cancer fight and but you sort of thought well ah, he's only 47 mm-hmm. and you know he's rich in america so it's like surely he's must have the best uh, care a person could possibly have and i was expecting he would pull through and then just sort of blindsided me. So that was too bad. But again, the good thing about, you know, a, a musician when they die is at least we'll always have the music for the rest of our lives.
3: So yeah. there's the upside there.
1: You'll have the music or you'll, you are know, looking for me, I think of Chris Farley. I'll have those skits from SNL to watch. Cam Portris, who is it for you?
3: Oh, it's, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat as, uh, as, as Bronner there. I mean, usually when a celebrity passes away, it doesn't usually bother me. Actually, there's only ever been one. And it was Anthony Bourdain, Mm. Um, you know, one of my all-time heroes, an imperfect person, no doubt about that. I think if he was still around, he definitely would have uh, admitted that. But I guess aren't we all right? Um, You know, he went around the world. uh, He traveled to all corners, um, all kinds of cultures, all kinds of people. And it didn't matter who they were, where they came from, what they did, what sort of political ideology they aspired to or whatever. Uh, he would sit down. He would listen. Uh, he would share a drink with them. He would he would share a meal, and he would learn. And I, I think that that's the the biggest thing that I've ever ta- uh, you know taken away from him and. Uh, really really affected me when when he passed away and and all the other circumstances attached to that i obviously won't i won't get into it but i think everybody uh, that is a fan of his or is has any sort of interest or has seen him they should watch his documentary roadrunner i, I caught that on youtube um not too long ago and it is absolutely mm-hmm. wonderful shows the good shows the bad shows the uh the the the, the good that 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 um uh, he's he that Shows the good stuff from him and also and also the bad stuff that's kind of followed what happened as well too. So uh, definitely check it out. But Anthony Bourdain uh, forever will be you know one of my uh, one of the people that I always look up to. So
1: yeah, Kevin texting right now to say that one hit him like a ton of bricks, Cam. So that's a similar thought for him. Yep. There's that human element there. Like there's the legacy of who they were, how they made you laugh, but just how they were so real. And I think that's part of it. When we lose someone, Forte, we got about thirty seconds. Is there a celebrity for you that stands out?
3: Uh, The one that really hit me was, of course, Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. Growing up, watching his movies, just it's so tragedy how he uh, how he went, and it really shows you that you don't
1: really know what's going on in someone's life. You don't really know what's going on in their head. So uh, you know, just treat everyone the best you can. Really. Well said, (laughs) Forte. Okay, so our next guests are dedicated to one another and to the team they love.
2: Sounds like a great, great relationship to me. Shannon Evans and Ken Hardman are getting married on Saturday. It's a full party with COVID restrictions. And while they hope it goes late into the night, they do have a plane to catch Sunday morning. They are off to the Grey Cup. They're coming to Hamilton where they plan to honeymoon in style. We say good morning to Shannon Evans. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. And good morning, Ken. Good morning. Ken Hardman uh, joining us and Ken just before we get into this. Uh this feels like a really good quote unquote choice. You know, this, this this is good. This is good karma
6: if you ask me. Yes, I I think it is and uh I mean it's all because Shannon said yes. <laughs> So, Shannon, walk us through
2: this. Did you plan to get married on the same weekend as Grey Cup? How did this all work out?
7: No, we absolutely did not. Um, Normally, Grey Cup is in November, um, but because of COVID, it's pushed back a little bit this year, and they chose my weekend. I chose this weekend a long time ago, and uh, we just decided that because – The Grey Cup was on the same weekend. We had to make it work, and we had to figure out how to get back there.
1: So you're having, like, a full-blown wedding Saturday, right, Ken? This isn't just a City Hall affair, which can also be super special. You're actually going to have the party, the dance. So are you planning to end the dinner and dance early because you have a flight to catch? Are you just staying up all night to catch that flight in the morning?
6: You know what? I think we probably won't be getting any sleep. (laughs) We're just going to be too excited from the wedding. Um, I mean, weddings usually go to one, one, two o'clock in the morning. Finally, get home at around three. Have a bite to eat. Uh, yeah, I don't see any sleep that night. That's for sure.
1: What times the flight Sunday, Ken?
6: It's seven twenty in the morning. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you know, with the COVID rules, what time you need to be at the airport, right? Ken? <laughs> yeah. Shannon, five yeah. twenty. Hmm. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's gonna be a
7: very early morning.
2: Yeah, I would say just just. Just go with the flow and stay up all night. So Shannon, what is it about this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team that that A, has you excited and B, sort of makes your relationship with Ken a little bit stronger?
7: You know, um, I've always been a Bomber fan, but since coming into um, this relationship with Ken and his family, they are Absolutely crazy Bomber fans. Um, they have season tickets. They go to every game. You know, last Sunday we were out in minus 30 tailgating for eight hours before the game started. So, um, you know, it just makes it such a fun and exciting time for our entire family. And, uh, yeah, like we went to the 2019 Grey Cup together um, just on a whim, decided to go watch the Bombers and their drought, and they did it. So we decided if they get back in the Grey Cup this year, we've got to go see them again, and here we are.
1: So as you said, Shannon, they picked your date. You didn't pick theirs, right? They, they, they're taking they're sneaking in on your wedding. But, Ken, I have to ask, you are at the Bombers game on Sunday for the Western final. Your wedding just six days away. Of course your wedding day was going to be amazing and special. But was there any nerves that if the team loses, you're on the your way to a Grey Cup that you'd be like a little bit sad about?
6: You know what? There was zero nerves going into the game, but after that first quarter, oh boy, <laughs> did it get interesting!
1: <laughs> right, because you're going to be doing a honeymoon, like ma ma.
6: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it was almost we had a lot riding on that game, so um, I think we were invested just as much as the players were. Um, I'm sure they felt felt a lot of the same uh, emotions we did during that game.
2: Yeah, this is a, this is a once in a lifetime for you guys. You know, I'm not going to tell. Willie Jefferson that, you know, Ken and Shannon had more on the line on Sunday (laughs) or have more on the line this Sunday, but you know, you could make the argument. You you for sure (laughs) could. Right on. Well, this is great. Um, I'm in Hamilton. So we'll have to try and uh, hook up at some point so I can buy a glass of champagne and celebrate a little bit. Niagara Falls is just down the road here. What other plans have you got while you're in the golden horseshoe as a I've learned to call it.
7: You know what? We don't have any plans right now past the Grey Cup. Our whole goal is just to get there, watch the Bombers win, and then celebrate with everyone at the after party. Oh, and my uh, I'll be the one in the wedding dress there. So is that Wonderful. the plan, Shannon, to keep that the wedding dress? That is the plan.
1: Oh, I love it. Okay, I love it. Look for the girl in the wedding dress. And I think, uh, Ken, you also have jerseys that say just married with the dates twelve eleven on them. Is that what you're wearing or are you sticking with the tux or what?
6: Uh, no, I'll be wearing the jersey, probably a pair of dress pants underneath, but uh, mostly just the jersey. That's that's the main goal.
1: Well, guys, have a fabulous time both Saturday and Sunday. Congratulations! Thank you Thank so you much. much. Wow, I love this. Shannon Evans, Ken Hardman—they're getting married Saturday. fine to the great upright and early Sunday. Greg, you have to hook up with them. This is an amazing story.
2: Well, I suspect out of twenty-four thousand people <laughs> at the game, finding the one in the wet wedding dress will be the least of my problems. <laughs>
1: the Winnipeg Jets, they saw their modest two-game win streak come to a grinding halt last night at Canada Life Centre. They fell 4-2 to one of the better teams in the NHL, the Carolina Hurricanes.
2: Yeah, the Jets only managed 18 shots on goal last night, Loren. They gave up the first goal of the game just 30 seconds in. On the bright side, though, the home side did battle back to tie the game after falling behind 2-0. To help us understand, the Jets a little bit better after 25 games of this 2021-2022 season, we welcome Leah Hextall. Good morning, Leah.
4: Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone as we're getting ready for the Big Grey Cup?
2: I think we're doing pretty well. Are you coming out good. this way at all?
4: No, it's cold. Are you like, what? No, no, I'm not. I have to travel. I have some hockey games to call, unfortunately. Well,
2: where are you going for those before we uh, talk Chet's?
4: Uh, I'm going to. I have a big road trip coming up. I have a little roadie. I've got a ten-day road trip with three games in three different states. So I'll be in Minneapolis, Anaheim, and Seattle. Nice. Wow. Oh, rough. Yeah. Rough. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as glamorous as it sounds. I mean, oh, you know, okay. i have sure, such a sure, sure. life.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Okay. We'll push that aside for a moment. The Jets, Leah, find themselves on the outside looking into the Western Conference playoff picture with 28 points as we speak. The Jets sort of broke out last week, 14 goals and two games. uh They were getting plenty of shots on goal, only 18 shots last night versus Carolina. Help us understand the ebb and flow of an NHL season.
4: You know, Greg, we heard Connor Hellebeck use that phrase specifically last night about the game, ebbs and flows, and that it's a roller coaster. And the reason that, you know, the NHL is such a hard league to win in is because it's such a hard league to be consistent in because of how strong the play is. You know, a lot of people hear me talk about Sidney Crosby and how when people say, who do you think is the best player in the league, and I still say his name, the reason being is because of his consistency. He comes out every single game and plays the same way to a same standard, which is at the elite. And it's the reason that he has himself made the career that he has and been a generational player, but also been able to win three cups with the same team because he's that driving force of consistency. People hear that word a lot and they think, oh, well, it shouldn't be that hard to do. Why are the Jets so inconsistent? Consistency has so many different pieces to it when it comes to a team and when it comes to the game on the ice. You know, having your power play consistent every game is difficult. Having your penalty kill consistent is difficult. Having your goaltending, having your lines, especially with what we're going through with the COVID-19 protocols and so many players going in and out of the lineup for so many different teams. It is not an easy thing to put together, and that's why it's so hard to win consistently and so you see the Jets come out and they have two great games. And then they go up against a Carolina team that won nine straight off the season and then they've lost three of their last four though. But probably last night, as their coach said, Rod Rindemore, their most solid effort In a very long time from start to finish, they played a consistent game and they got the win. But that's why it is so hard. And so I get when fans get frustrated when they see their team come out and put up 14 goals in two games and then they can only get five shots in one period last night in the first. It doesn't make any sense. But it's a harder thing to do. And it's what makes good teams good. And it's what makes teams win Stanley Cups.
1: Just such quite the week for them, Leah. I was watching that game Sunday against the Leafs and everything that happened uh, during it, the yeah. fights, the neen, the suspensions that have followed. And of course, I'm sort of in awe when I look at social media. I think to myself, do I have this many Leafs fans like that I, that I know? But it feels like they really dominate. There's been even some nasty stuff on social media in connection with just the NHL's response to the Spezza and, and all the rest. Is hockey a bigger deal in Toronto than elsewhere? Or is it just just appearances?
4: No, it's, it's the biggest deal in Toronto. And I think that, you know, we sit here in Winnipeg, and of course we have an extremely passionate fan base, but just the sheer number of people that live in Toronto and the greater Toronto area, the fact that it's an original sixteen team and has been around since the start for, for over 100 years, the fan base in Toronto is massive. You know, it's a little fact for you guys. When I was starting the season with ESPN, we had meetings, and the production department and the programming department to see who they should put on the air the most, they did a lot of research Toronto, by far, it's not even a competition, the amount of fans they have and the amount of engagement they have on social media, their numbers. It is by far the hottest market. When you go just as a reporter to cover the Leafs on a normal day, not a playoff game or anything like that, there's at least 30 to 40 just beat just beat reporters there. That's how big it is. So I think, you know, sometimes it gets lost. It's it's a very well-known fact with the National Hockey League that, you want Toronto to do well, because if Toronto's doing well, it means more fans are engaged, and that's the bottom line. It is the biggest deal in Toronto, and I know we might not like to hear that, but that's where the game is, the star, is in well, Toronto.
2: Well, we were at a place called Shoeless Joe's here in Hamilton last night, and of course the Leafs yeah. were playing the Blue Jackets. What do you want?
1: I have a delivery. This is me hitting buttons. Give me a second. I'm so sorry. Okay. We're back. All good? Yep. Sorry, guys.
2: That's all right. Oh, man. Uh, There was no way in heck, no way under any circumstances were we getting that Jets game on a TV, and they must have had a 100 of them in this place. When we asked if they could put the Jets game on, we got the slant eye, the side eye, the stink eye. It it just wasn't happening. So that's a prime example of just how big it is. Leah, thanks for this, as always. Have a safe trip. The the Jets are in Seattle Thursday night. You calling that game by any chance? Um,
4: Unfortunately, I'm not. I'm not calling that one. I'll be there a little bit after then, so I won't get that one on the calendar, but come the new year, I think i got a couple more Jets games, so that's exciting.
8: He's got the ball. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, the Bombers. They're back in front. 20-17. to 17 What a game this has turned out to be. Back to pass. Fires it. And it's broken up at the 25 by Nick Taylor. Turnover on downs. A minute left. The Bombers go wild. They think they've won this game. The game is over. The Blue Bombers have won the West Division Final. They're going to the Grey Cup for a rematch with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And this was some spectacular sensational dramatic knockdown drag about football
1: game i've listened to that clip over and over again and i think it gets better every time bombers are in the Grey cup they are in hamilton that's where greg is and of course that's where bob is good morning bob
8: good morning lauren how are you
1: i'm good i know you've had a busy morning so thank you for just ducking out i think you're you were just at a news conference with coaches and so yeah. you're not going to be behind go ahead
8: no, I would say it's still going on. As a matter of fact, I had to sneak out of the room because Mike O'Shea and Orlando oh. Steinauer, the competing coaches, are speaking to the media. And it's been very interesting because these guys were players together on the Argos right. many years ago. They coached together with the Argos. They're fast friends, and you can see the admiration and respect that they have for one another. And it's not phony, it's genuine, as they answer questions uh, from the media and talk about each other it's it was the same in 2019 because it was the same coaches then and the same teams then so it's been interesting just to see the absolute mutual respect that they have for one another and that's not always the case at these coaches news conferences
2: well, Bob, let's uh, play off that a little bit because, uh, and uh, good morning, by the way, I haven't seen you yet. I'll catch up with you at some point <laughs> today. For sure, um, yeah. th- there, Obviously, mutual respect between Steinauer and O'Shea, but I think that translates, as we've learned over the last several seasons, we know very intimately the relationship Mike O'Shea and his players seem to have. I think it translates on the Hamilton side as well.
8: Yeah, for sure. These are both what you'd call, Greg, players' coaches. You know, they're not uh, dictators or... You know, guys who are screaming and yelling. There's not much of that uh, in in a lot of sports nowadays. You know, you have to be a little more. Uh, what's the word? Modern and understanding of the of the young athletes. So, yeah, they're they're both very same the same in that regard. Uh, their teams have certainly followed different paths this year. And the one thing we have learned this morning from Mike O'Shea is one of his players is not able to be here. He was not able to travel because of the COVID restrictions and he's obviously unvaccinated and that's Tui Ellie. He's a Canadian O-lineman. He started a few games this year, played in just about all the games and he was a valuable member of that, of that offensive line if not starting but as, as a sixth offensive lineman. But he is not here. He will miss the Grey Cup game because apparently he would not be vaccinated. That's the only player who falls under that category for the Bombers and Hamilton doesn't have any worries in that regard because they didn't have to travel like they're they're playing here at home. So whatever team was coming in here uh, to play this game from the West was going to have to deal with any unvaccinated scenarios. And the Bombers have one, And I guess, uh, thankfully for them, it's only one.
1: It's fascinating, Bob, because, you know, these are in many ways just the exact same two teams coming into Hamilton to play each other. It really is a, not just a rematch, but so much of the core of both teams still remains. And so I'm curious for either there's no advantage here in some ways they've been down the throw before they know what to expect from this week. And so what does O'Shea said about how he just prepares the team for Sunday because it's not new, but he wants them yeah. to go attack it. I'm guessing like it's new and a one and only shot.
8: Sure. Well, and he's, you're right. All right. He's got a lot of the same players back from 2019. And he talked about that yesterday when the bombers arrived and had their media available about how the experience from, 2019 should stand them in good stead because, and Hamilton's in, in a similar boat. They don't have quite as many players back from 2019 as the Bombers do. The other question that came up for both of them was home field advantage, right? Hamilton's in the game. They're playing the game in Hamilton. So the crowd will surely be behind them. And we saw what the crowd meant to the Bombers in the West Final on Sunday. Now, they won't be as loud here, I don't think, as the, well, nobody's as loud as the fans in Winnipeg. They're the best in the world. But Hamilton has a home field advantage. O'Shea downplayed that a little bit. You know, he said, you know, that's that's no issue. We play pretty well on the road. And he's right, they do play well on the road. Uh, but it must be fairly comforting for the Thai Cats to be playing this championship game right in their backyard.
2: Bob, why don't we let you get back uh, to that, pre- that media conference oh, with thanks. the coaches? I can say what I have to say uh, without you on the line. So thanks for By stepping way, out, Bob, and we'll catch up with you later.
8: Okay, let me just add that Kevin Hirschfield and Skyler Peters are both here. They're good troopers, Greg. They got up early this morning and came over here with me, so they're hard at work. Just so everybody uh, at Global and CGOB knows.
1: <laughs> we were talking <laughs> holiday bonuses. Maybe you're trying to get them one, Bob.
8: There you go. I'm, I'm just I'm promoting them a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bob. Okay.
1: really all part of the conversation about how the workplace is rapidly changing in part due to COVID and what a company might need today might not be what they need tomorrow and so how can businesses, trades, schools and more keep up Greg?
2: Yeah Red River College Polytech doesn't just work on educating students but it offers organizations the training they might need to advance and grow. Bill Rutherford is Corporate Solutions Acting Director of Business Development joins us now on The Start. Good morning Bill. Good morning. How are you today? We're doing fantastic. Thanks for taking some time with us. And and obviously RRC Polytech is doing uh, some things differently, but you've doing, been doing them for some time, and that's that cooperation between the, the businesses in Manitoba that need employees, that need expertise. So what is Corporate Solutions, and, and what does that mean? Can you expand on that a little bit?
5: Absolutely, and thanks for the opportunity. Um, Corporate Solutions is a department within the uh, Red River College Polytechnic, and uh, what we really do is we bring the college to industry. So we recognize the fact that the pace of change in industry, especially during the pandemic, has never been quicker than it is today. So in order to navigate the demands of today's complicated markets, businesses have to adapt and find training solutions that are custom fitted and delivered in real time. And that's where our team steps in. We have business development managers that work directly with uh, businesses and organizations to understand their unique needs and then craft customized training solutions to meet those needs.
1: So, Bill. Is the business or company or organization coming to you, or are you going to them? How does this all work?
5: Oh, great question. Um, We can actually deliver the solution in real time in a mode that uh, fits the organization's needs. So we can do it on-site at their organization, online, uh, or on one of our uh, campuses across the province.
2: So Bill, I know I've taken courses uh, in my past life in the manufacturing world and before that when I was in the hospitality industry, and sometimes these courses can be ongoing, sometimes they're online, sometimes they're in person, there are lots of different ways to advance education in the business world. H- how do you approach these things in terms of time length? Is there is there a dedicated amount? Is there a mandatory amount of time? How do you sort that out?
5: So it really, it's really designed to fit the organization's needs. So we can take something off the shelf, like a 40-hour course, and deliver it over, um, say, uh, uh, five full days or 10 half days at an organization's facility. But we can also take the learning outcomes of that particular course and condense it down and focus customized training on just the components of that uh, uh, that particular course that the organization is interested in sharing with its employees. The uh, benefit of that of course, is that an organize- organization can work with us to find the most efficient method of getting their employees trained with the minimum amount of downtime.
1: So if I'm listening right now, Bill, and I'm thinking, hey, this sounds good for what I'm looking for in my line of work, where can I go for more information?
5: Well, you can go one of two places, really. The first one is you can come to the RRC Polytech website, and you can do that by uh, typing in rrc.ca slash solutions. That'll take you right to our website. But I'd also like to mention right now that the folks at YES Winnipeg have a Retrain Manitoba grant available to Manitoba businesses. And if you go to Retrain Manitoba, there is up to $75,000 per business, and that's spread out $2,500 per employee that they can apply for and then come to red river college to get the training and uh there's 12.5 million dollars available it's also retroactive to april 1st of last year and it lasts until the end of august in uh, 2022. so you can go to retrain manitoba apply for funds and then come to rrc.ca corporate solutions And uh, talk to us about the training that you need.
1: All right. Great info. Thank you, Bill.
5: You're very welcome.
1: Really cool what they're doing over there. Bill Rutherford is Corporate Solutions Acting Director of Business Development at Red River College Polytech. Well, as per usual at this time of day, we are often debating the winner of our text contest. Uh, Greg, you want to answer my text if you can while I read one of these runner-ups? We, of course, are asking the question, the celebrity death that impacted you the most today is the 41st anniversary of the passing of John Lennon. Deb texted to say, "'My go is Robin Williams. Whenever I see one of his movies, I am still in shock. I look into his eyes and try to see the hurt.'" To the outside world, here was a person who had everything going for him. He amplifies what can happen with mental health issues that plague us around the world. It amplifies that you never know what's truly going on with a person and how we really have to support and be there for our loved ones and everyone in our life to get them through those times when it's so dark that they have the inability to see any kind of light. Rest in peace, Robin Williams. So sad. And that kind of echoes, Greg, Forche's comments earlier this morning. Yeah, and I think it echoes
2: also the comments that Cam Poitras made and several of our text messengers did with regard to Anthony Bourdain. I still cannot watch anything with Anthony Bourdain in it. It it hits me that viscerally uh, when I try and comprehend his life, you know, outwardly, maybe the best job on the planet, Loren, and then to imagine what he was going on in the background in in his real life off screen it was it's all difficult to process even several years later marge says this this we had a few who pointed to princess diana and, and marge sort of sums it up i think for all of them i was up watching tv when the headlines about the accident first went across the bottom of the screen i quickly switched to news channels and stayed up all night watching as they announced her death as her kids and grandkids live on in her and our public figures, I think about her almost every day and I remember the day she died as clearly as if it just happened. I've seen the memorial in Kensington Park for her, and I tend to, uh, I intend to eventually see the statue in the Kensington Gardens. I will always remember her, uh, Marge. Just to let you know, uh, thank you for sharing that because my mum. I would. Uh, my mom adored Princess Diana, and that and that uh, was a big, big event in her life as well. So thanks for reminding me about that.
1: So many great stories to choose from. The winner we have selected for this morning for a chance to go to see Alice Cooper is Shannon, who said the most affected celebrity death was Paul Walker. He was my favorite. I loved all the movies that he did. He was such a wonderful person behind the scenes, doing so many good things for charities. It was a horrific way to die because he loved cars so much. And Shannon had a personal connection. She says, my cousin met him in California. He treated her like they were friends. He didn't snub her like some celebrities do, very down-to-earth, always smiling smiling, such a sad death. So, Shannon, we have two tickets. We'll send you the information to Alice Cooper. Sometimes it's nice to have a distraction when you're feeling down, when you're done with maybe the headlines, or you're done with your work, or you're done with a difficult day you might have, or, or you just, hey... You just love a good event. We're so happy that you're in Hamilton, Greg, so that you can bring us a bit of that good news. And I think we talked about 7 o'clock. This couple we introduced our listeners to, a Manitoba couple that's grey cup bound. You're hoping to run into them on Sunday and it shouldn't be hard.
2: Shouldn't be hard to spot them. You'll, you'll understand why we say that as we make our way <laughs> through this story. Shannon Evans and Ken Hardman are getting married on Saturday. Okay, so that's a regular event in Manitoba, right? Everywhere, probably around the world. Saturday weddings are pretty commonplace. It's the full shebang, complete with uh, complete with uh, reception and all the wonderful things that go with that, of course, within the COVID restrictions. And while they hope it goes late into the night, they do have a plane to catch on Sunday morning. They're off to Hamilton. They're coming
1: to Grey Cup where they plan to honeymoon in style. Yeah, and Greg, you started off this interview with Shannon and Ken with a very important question. So, Shannon, walk
2: us through this. Did you plan to get married on the same weekend as Grey Cup? How did this all we work absolutely,
7: out? No, we absolutely did not. Um, normally, Grey Cup is in November, um, but because of COVID, it's pushed back a little bit this year, and they chose my weekend. I chose this weekend <laughs> a long time ago. And uh, we just decided that because um, the Grey Cup was on the same weekend, we had to make it work and we had to figure out how to get back there. So you're
1: having like a full-blown wedding Saturday, right, Ken? This isn't just a a City Hall affair, which can also be super special. You're actually going to have the party, the dance. So are you planning to end the dinner and dance early because you have a flight to catch? Are you just staying up all night to catch that flight in the morning?
6: You know what, I think we probably won't be getting any sleep. We're just going to be too excited from the wedding. Um, I mean, weddings usually go to 1, one two o'clock in the morning, finally get home at around 3, have a bite to eat. Uh, yeah, I don't see any sleep that night, that's for sure.
1: What time's the flight Sunday, Ken?
6: It's 7.20 in the morning.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know with the COVID rules what time you need to be at the airport, right? Ken? <laughs> yeah. Shannon, 5.20? Hmm? yeah so it's yeah, be a
7: very early morning,
2: yeah, I would say just 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 go with the flow and stay up all night. So Shannon, what is it about this Winnipeg blue bombers team that that a has you excited and b sort of makes the, your relationship with Ken a little bit stronger?
7: You know, um, I've always been a bomber fan, but since coming into um this relationship with Ken and his family, they are absolutely crazy bomber fans um they have season tickets they go to every game you know last sunday we were out in minus 30 tailgating for eight hours before the game started so um you know it just makes it such a fun and exciting time for our entire family and uh yeah like we went to the 2019 gray cup together um just on a whim decided to go watch the bombers and their drought and they did it so we decided if they get back in the Grey Cup this year, we've got to go see them again, and here we are.
1: So as you said, Shannon, they picked your date. You didn't pick theirs, right? They, they, they're taking taking—they're sneaking in on your wedding. But, Ken, I have to ask, you are at the Bombers game on Sunday for the Western final. Your wedding just six days away. Of course your wedding day was going to be amazing and special. But was there any nerves that if the team loses, you're on the way to a Grey Cup that you'd be like a little bit sad about?
6: You know what? There was zero nerves going into the game, but after that first quarter, oh boy, <laughs> did it get interesting!
1: <laughs> right, because you're going to be doing a honeymoon, like ma ma.
6: <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it was almost we had a lot riding on that game, so um, I think we were invested just as much as the players were. Um, I'm sure they felt felt a lot of the same uh, emotions we did during that game.
2: Yeah, this is a this is a once in a lifetime for you guys. You know, I'm not going to tell. Willie Jefferson that, you know, Ken and Shannon had more on the line on Sunday (laughs) or have more on the line this Sunday. But, you know, you could make the argument. You you for sure (laughs) could. Right on. Well, this is great. Um, I'm in Hamilton, so we'll have to try and uh, hook up at some point so I can buy a glass of champagne and celebrate a little bit. Niagara Falls is just down the road here. What other plans have you got while you're... In the golden horseshoe, as uh, I've learned to call it.
7: You know what? We don't have any plans right now past the gray Cup. Our whole goal is just to get there, watch the Bombers win, and then celebrate with everyone at the after party. Oh, and my uh, goodness. I'll be the one in the wedding dress there. So is that Wonderful. the plan, Shannon, to keep that the wedding dress? That is the plan. Oh,
1: I love it. Okay, I love it. Look for the girl in the wedding dress. And I think, uh, Ken, you also have jerseys that say just married with the dates 12-11 on them. Is that what you're wearing or are you sticking with the tux or what?
6: Uh, no, I'll be wearing the jersey, probably a pair of dress pants underneath, but uh, mostly just the jersey. That's that's the main goal.
1: Well, guys, have a fabulous time both Saturday and Sunday. Congratulations! I loved that interview. They're so excited. It would have been a terrible experience, Greg. Not terrible. It would have. I think the luster would have been not as great if they had to stay up all night and then go to a game when the bombers weren't in it. But then you know what? You're still married. You can still have some fun. And we've been talking about this this morning because. We want to ask our listeners a question. Like, what does this story do to you when it comes to thinking of the memorable events you've attended, Greg? Great Cup or other?
2: Well, listen, we were talking snafus yesterday morning. I think it was yesterday morning because today's only Tuesday, right? I don't know. <laughs> and we're, yeah, exactly. We were talking about Cam's wedding. Cam and Sky's wedding where, you know, everybody says it's good luck when it rains on your wedding. You know, it's like when the pigeon poops on you and your grandma told you it was good luck. It's just so you feel better (laughs) about your circumstance. That's my belief anyway. And could you imagine like what sort of omen are you feeling if uh, things don't work out and you don't get to come to Grey Cup to see the team that you love and the team that sort of help strengthen your relationship, that would have felt like a really bad omen. So yes, I I understand that they had a ton on the line last Sunday. I don't think we'll put as much pressure on the Blue Bombers to win this weekend for Ken and Shannon, but uh, I think if they do manage to win This coming Sunday, and I'm trying to hide all my own personal superstitions here by navigating this topic very carefully. uh, I think that they will see that as a very good sign for a long and happy marriage. Can I say it that way? You
1: went close there. You went close, but I like it, and (laughs) I and I like what they're doing, and I can't wait to see if she's in the wedding dress on Sunday. That is going to be. A draw for the camera. So I don't think anyone no question—any of us will miss out on that. But I do want to know if you run into her. I need you to send a picture, Greg. And let oh, us know. 780-6868. Oh. oh, Brett would like us to know Newsflash. Not our Brett, but other Brett. It's Wednesday, not Tuesday. Someone's having way too much fun in Hamilton today. He was joking, Brett. <laughs> it is
2: Wednesday today. It
1: is Wednesday, but he was joking because every we're playing musical chairs around here. I'm in for Brett. You've gone to Hamilton. Brett is under the weather. I don't know what I'm doing with these shiny buttons. Oh, in yeah, front you were of off
2: on Monday. And then That's I was what off threw Monday. Me off. Exactly. Yes. So
1: today is Wednesday. He hasn't had too okay, much good. fun yet, but I think you're going to, Greg. I think you're going to have uh,
2: a, a great I weekend. got orders from the bosses last night to have fun. You know, uh, one of our bosses was upset in 2019 that uh, I never, I never, when I was on the air because I was on the air continually. Uh, sorry about that uh, during the, the the festivities in 2019, including hosting the weekend wake up show Saturday and mm. Sunday on about two hours sleep both both mornings. And uh, she was quite disappointed. That I never really sounded as though I was having that much fun. Oh. <laughs> I promised I would make up for it this time around. So that's my goal. That's certainly my intention. And when I said, oh, I just wanted to remind everybody, I've heard from some of you already, but keep the message coming. Slide into my DMs, as they say on Instagram, on Twitter, GMACWPG, G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. If you're going to be in Hamilton, I want to hook up with you. Want to meet you? Want to hear your story? Want to know why you're here for the thirtieth time or why you're here for the first time? Who you're meeting? What was the what was the impetus for this uh, trip to the Grey Cup? I want to hear all about it. So uh, don't don't hesitate to connect, please and thank you.
1: Don't hesitate to slide into his DMs, which I have never said, but I like it. I know it gets said.